Hallelujah. We thank God you've tuned into this message by David Entry at Caris Church. No hand can help you with the fulfillment of your destiny but the Word of God. May God's hand align you further into your destiny through this Word. John chapter 7 verse 37 is a scripture we all know on the last day, the great day of the feast. You see, how can you understand this statement if you have not been exposed to the Old Testament? What's the meaning of the last day of the great, that great day of the feast? What feast is this? He said the feast. He didn't say a feast. The feast. So that's why you need the Old Testament to appreciate the New Testament. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood out with a loud voice. Now, this is called the Feast of Tabernacles. What's the Feast of Tabernacles? It's the feast where they come together. People go. So they camp around Jerusalem like in camp vans. They travel from different places. They camp around Jerusalem and around the temple. And they all come, you know, um, it's, 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 usually it's like a, a whole weekend or a period of time. And then they, what do they come and celebrate? They come and celebrate the harvest God has given them for the past 12 months. It's like American Thanksgiving Day. Jews come together to celebrate the harvest the Lord has given them for the past 12 months. That's what is called the Feast of Tabernacles. But they don't only come to celebrate the harvest God has given them. They also celebrate how God fed 2.5 million people, the Jews, in the wilderness in the days of Moses. 2.5. Whilst the armies, many other nations' armies, couldn't survive for three days in that same wilderness. Couldn't survive. Couldn't survive for even three days in that wilderness. And yet, 2.5 million people survived for 40 years. <laughs> How? God sustained them by feeding them with special food from heaven. So they always, every year, come together to celebrate how God fed them. They could have died. And not just that, God also supplied water in the desert. For 2.5 million people, including their cattle and their dogs, if they had one. <laughs> but their animals. The animals need water. So you can imagine the volume of water that was needed in the desert to, to sustain 2.5 million people for 40 years. How did he do it? Water coming from a rock. And they all drank day and their cattle. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible says the rock that followed them is Christ. They drank, they all drank from the rock. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2, 3, and 4. They all drank, they did all drink from the spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. Uh, the rock 
was Christ. Now, this is very important. And so, the feasts of tabernacles always point more to how, how God sustained them with water. So every time there's water, and it's about what they celebrate, the great day of the feast is about water. And then the last day, what will happen is that the high priest will move from the temple and walk down the valley, the hill in the city of Zion, city of Jerusalem, all the way to the pool of Siloam, which is down there. And they will go to the pool of Siloam carrying a pitcher, and a golden pitcher, and they will go there and fetch the water from pool of Siloam, and it's a celebration. And everybody will be quiet as he climbs, comes up to the temple. And when he gets to the temple at the altar, he would then, everybody is quiet. But whilst he's coming, he'll be shouting, according to Isaiah 12, 3, um, he who is thirsty, uh, let him come and draw water, or draw water from the wells of salvation. Therefore, draw water from the wells. So he'll be saying that as he comes. He'll be saying that as he'll be shouting, saying that, and the place will be quiet. Just when he gets to the altar, the place gets very quiet, and then he pours the water he went to fetch on the, uh, on the altar. And then the, the, the gushing of the water, the, it makes the and they know that God is the one who supplied us with water. We drank the waters in the wilderness. So when he pours the water, that particular day when Jesus was there, when he poured the water, that unique day, as he poured the water, then Jesus stood with a loud, the place was very quiet, with a loud voice. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, is, this is no more about the waters in the wilderness. I am the water now. You remember, he was the rock. Say, so I am. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Let, let him come to me. I am. I am. I am. I am the waters. And then he says that, but he said this concerning the spirit. So the spirit. John the Baptist was baptizing with water. There are two Baptists in the Bible. John the Baptist and Christ the Baptist. They all had their two baptisms. John baptized with water, but Christ baptized with the Spirit. And no man can do that. No man can. So even we pastors, when we are baptizing you with the Holy Spirit, it's not us. It's Christ the Baptist who is doing that because he's the only one who baptizes. He's the only one. John chapter 1 verse 32 said that there's one coming here. I baptized with water. And John bore record. Verse 32. Let's go to verse 32. John bore record that saying, I, I saw the spirit. Okay, let's go to verse 33. Um, he who sent me to baptize with water, the same said, upon whom you shall see the spirit descending and remaining on him. The same baptized with the Holy Ghost. And then in Matthew chapter 3, he said, I baptized with water. But there's one coming after me who baptized you with the Holy Spirit. In, in Acts chapter 1 verse 5, it's easier to get it from there. In Acts chapter 1 verse 5, he says that John truly, John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost no many days. And John said it. He said it before, before uh, during the peak of his ministry, that don't give me all the attention. There's someone coming after me. What he's, he's, he's coming to do, I can't do it. So, when you are a Christian, watch this. Please sit down, because I have to finish now. Unbelie watch this very carefully. Unbelievers cannot ask for the Holy Spirit or receive the Holy Spirit. 
He, they can, Jesus said it. In John chapter 14, verse 18, he says, the, the spirit, the comforter of the spirit, he says that, uh, let's go to verse 17, let's start from verse 17. He says that, even the spirit of two, whom the world cannot receive. So when you become a Christian, you are in such a privileged position to be able and you will how come people can be christians and not hunger for the spirit which no you, that's the only thing christian can can have that can take care of anything other thing in their life which unbelievers cannot have yet we have been taught in churches to focus on money focus on material things that unbelievers can just get if you can if you can desire the holy spirit you are desiring something of someone who will change everything about your life. When the, I thought this, when the Holy Spirit came, he made up for their inadequacies. How many of us have history that might not advantage you? In other words, you've made mistakes in your past before. Every one of us. So if they dig into your past, some mistakes you've made... Wait, it will, it, it, will, it will advantage you. It will advantage you. Or it will disqualify you. Know, maybe you've done something wrong, but there, there's a business that you are supposed to grow, but you are not organized. You are haphazard. A haphazard person can never grow a business. And it's like your nature. Your uncle was like that. Your granddad was like that. Your dad was like that. All your brothers are like that. And you are even more. So you see. But there's, a, there's an ability, divine assignment to start a certain business. So, you know what I'm talking about? You need the Holy Spirit. Listen, what I am doing, this work I'm doing, it's not natural. It's a Holy Spirit thing. Some of you, is not only church matters. Because God has placed you in that industry. God has placed you in that business place. God has placed you somewhere for his namesake, just like Daniel. For his namesake. Not everybody will be standing in front of church. Some are going to, even some of you in the universities you are in. The media, different places. God is anointing you for an assignment on social media. But we need the Holy Spirit so that he says that the Holy Ghost, Luke 135, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Watch this, watch this. He said, therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called. It is not of you. It shall be called. It, the reference will be given to God. Because what is about to happen in your life is going to take the Holy Ghost. Shout hallelujah! It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Don't be so worried about what you can't do. As a Christian, be ra rather concerned about how you are not hungry for the Holy Spirit. Also concerned about your inadequacies because everybody has got some inadequacies. That's that's the definition of a human being. 
But there are, there are things, there's an assignment God has given to you that God is calling you into which you don't have all the necessary abilities to fulfill. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. We pray you have been strengthened and enlightened. You can connect with David Entry on all relevant social media platforms, including Instagram and LinkedIn. You can also hear more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms and the Caris Church app. Don't forget to like and share the message. Be blessed.